You're listening to Your Bright Future with Mrs. J and Mr. LD, a Lava Ridge counseling podcast connecting home and school and helping to create a bright future for your students. Hello, friends. Welcome to our podcast. We're glad you're listening with us today again. We are going to talk today about social media and screen time. And this is a topic that I think Mr. LD and I both are pretty passionate about. We've we've done a lot of studying and we've done a lot of research. We've just out it for our own personal uh, edification and also because we're raising children or we have I've raised my kids, but um, it's been something that's affected my life quite profoundly with my children. And so uh, we wanted to share some of the things that we've learned about social media and screen time as we're going forward um, and seeing some of these things pop up at school because media uh you guys know this is everywhere all of our teens are participating uh a full 90 plus percent of kids have some kind of device teenagers uh have some kind of device and so we want to give you some tips give you some tricks give you some you know guidelines on what uh kids need to have a fully developed sense of who they are and have those boundaries in place and so we're going to get into you know some of the problems that that we see here at the school and and why we feel it's a problem and then maybe give you some of the solutions as well so uh we we found the average teenager uh tween spends between five to seven hours a day outside of school uh, that doesn't include their school use, but they're spending that much time on their devices. And so it's really important for us as counselors in the school, teachers, uh, adults in the school to teach the kids proper social media use and uh, what some of those digital citizenship things look like. And then we need parents help. <laughs> you know, sure. we want to help each other out. So we need your help too to uh, back up some of these uh boundaries that we talk to the kids about and make sure that they understand that it's not just school that's saying this, mm-hmm. but it's it's school and home and just it's a good guideline for life. Yeah, no question. And it's, I mean, you think of that five to seven hours a day, that's a full-time job. That's for, crazy. That is amazing. Seven times seven, 49 hours in a week. That's... And a lot of them would probably spend even more than that yeah, yeah. online if they could. For sure. So, for sure. Yeah. I mean, that's just that's such a game changer for humanity, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, we're all that way. And it's kind of interesting. I've mentioned this before, but Tanya and I have been counselors for going on 10 years. Yes. And about 10 years ago is when we kind of reached prevalent smartphone use mm-hmm. in our society. So it's it's been interesting just anecdotally in my own experience, seeing how that impacts our students as more and more they use it more often. It's being used at younger ages. And, and some of the, the why is that a problem, right? You know, it's important to kind of address that. But there is definitely a correlation between screen use and anxiety and, and kind of the poor self-concept. We see that with our students. We we work with it all the time. Mm-hmm. I see it in myself, honestly. You know, as yeah. I, I, I love technology, like, like Tanya said, we both love technology and are interested in it and how it impacts us and our students and, and our own children. Um, but it is a problem. And, and to be clear, we both are fans. We, their technology has so many tools, so many great ways to enrich and entertain our lives. But, but today we're focusing on kind of some of these risks. And, sorry. No, go, go ahead. ahead. And I think one of the things that I note so often with students, and, and I'd say this is the most prevalent problem, 
but also pretty far reaching is students are sleeping less because yes. they're up on their devices. They're up playing video games. They're up watching Netflix. And, and I, I speaking for myself, I know I do not function as well when I'm not sleeping enough. Um, but, but we see that with our students where many students, you know, are not getting the sleep that they need. Especially because we start so early yeah. as the intermediate school, we start so early in the morning. It's difficult even for us as adults to get mm-hmm. up and get going that early in the morning. But then, you know, if you have a late night on top of that and you're just not getting those, uh, requisite hours of sleep, it's very difficult. And so we have a lot of kids that are avoiding school. They just mm-hmm. don't want to come. I'm sick. I can't come. Uh, or they come to school and they literally sleep yeah. through classes or they sleep uh, through those first few hours of the day. And so that does become you know, problematic in many, many ways. Um, not only are they missing their learning, but it's often disruptive for a teacher or a yeah. class to have to, you know, worry about someone For who's sure. sleeping through class. So there's a lot of, of that. And one of the first things I'll talk to to kids about, you know, school avoidance or uh, struggling with grades, I'll talk to them about their sleep schedule. Mm-hmm. And it almost always comes up that they're yeah. on something late at night, a device or mm-hmm. watching YouTube or something late at night. No question. And and I mean, you can, we, we're aware of this research, but the, the lights, right, can interfere with your sleep cycle and, and everything going on. Just if you're on a screen right before you go to bed and there's different filters you could put on phones and things mm-hmm. that help minimize that, but it's still a problem. Another thing that, I mean, this, cause it's kind of on the other end of severity, less, less, far less common, but much more severe, there is a correlation between screen use and suicidal ideation. And and that correlation is so fascinating looking at this kind of stuff. But really in Utah and nationally, suicidal ideation with adolescents really has followed the trends of smartphone use with adolescents. Starting right around 2010, there's kind of been that trend upwards Mm -hmm. across the board for all our students. And in Utah particularly, you know, that it's, it's the number one cause of death now with, with adolescence, which is heartbreaking and, and, and a problem. And, and that's not to say that phone use and screen time is the sole cause. Of course not. But it, but it definitely is a factor in, in just my experience as a counselor and, and those studies and those correlations you could see over time. Yes, yes. Um, the, my kids were nine and uh, 13 in 2010. Mm. And so as that you started to go up, they started, you know, they were seeing that. And my oldest daughter, she, you know, she says that she was the last generation that really didn't use a lot of cell phones. And mm-hmm. she would see the people above her who hardly used it at all. And then the pe- the kids below her who were using it a lot. And I think they were just riding the crest of that wave that yeah. was just starting to build. And, and so, yeah, we, we work with kids all the time who, you know, they have seen, uh, these these girls on Instagram that mm-hmm. are uh, just so beautiful and they're filtered and they, mm-hmm. they seem to have the perfect life, right? And they're mm-hmm. comparing that perfect picture that they see to their deepest, darkest days. Yeah. And, you know, you can never measure up for to sure. those kinds of things. And so there's that. And there's just, you know, for, for boys too, you know, you see these you know, ideal men mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and body types and uh, just, you know, the cool factor is there. Mm-hmm. And, and they just look around them and in the mirror and they look at themselves and they say, how, how am I ever going to measure wow. up to this? And so it does lead to a lot of just hopelessness, I think. Yeah. And like, what, how am I, how am I ever going to be 
the way the world expects me to For be. Sure. And so all of that plays plays into it. Yeah. And well, sorry. No, I was just going to go say one other thing we see is this attention deficit because mm-hmm. we've got um, we've got kids who now are so used to being on a device, maybe mm-hmm. from the time they were very young. Mm-hmm. Uh, my younger younger child was like that. We had he was on a device from the time he was young, but uh, that that uh, adrenaline, that dopamine hit that comes from those short little bursts of interaction. Uh, the the like that comes on, the reward that you get as you're playing the video games, uh, all those things, you know, that's interacting with your brain in a direct way, and it's giving you that dopamine hit that is that is causing kind of a a chain reaction that you you're seeking that over and over again, and if you're not getting it, you get bored yeah. very very easily. Um, and school, of course, you know, we are still kind of in a traditional classroom. We're mm-hmm. trying to bring a lot of technology use into the classroom, but it still doesn't quite measure up to uh, that game where you're the hero yeah. and you're, you know, playing in this world that is so interactive and so exciting and so uh, uh, it, it's so rewarding mm-hmm. to your brain, right? No and so... Uh, so it is a it's a battle. It yeah. is a battle because we have to try to to entice those kids to put that away, mm-hmm. <laughs> and now let's focus on what you need to focus at school. Yeah, yeah, no question. And I personally, I'm someone. Two of my probably favorite passions for my own leisure time. I love video games. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I love Nintendo and all. I have a Switch and PS4 at home, and I also love being out in nature and hiking and being outdoors. And I definitely notice the different areas of my own mind that those kind of feed and, and different experiences with my boys in both those areas as mm-hmm. well. And, and it's all about balance, right? And, yeah. and that, that's critical. But but our kids, my, my own sons, myself, I'm rarely bored in the mm-hmm. world today. And part of that is being a parent and I have less time. But my phone's always accessible. I, I always have different, I have an endless queue of video games and movies and books I want to read. But there's something to being bored and, and using your imagination and, and just being able to sit with yourself mm-hmm. that so many people, myself included, we, we're less comfortable with that than we ever have been. And that that can be problematic as well. Yeah. So I wanted to go over to the guidelines for like the different age levels. So uh, the CDC, not the CDC. Yeah, I think it is the CDC, actually, uh, recommends certain levels, of, you know, uh, of screen exposure, screen time, to, that that they say is not going to affect uh, you in a profoundly negative way. So you know, under birth to age one, they say zero, mm-hmm. zero screen time, uh, because babies develop so quickly, their brains are developing so fast that if they miss things uh, and they're drawn to that screen, oh my goodness, <laughs> I have a grand new grandbaby who's going to be a a year on November 1st, a year old on November 1st. And if he sees a phone come out, he wants that phone. Mm-hmm. Like there's just something magnetic about it. I don't know if it's because he sees us on it or if he just, you know, sees the bright lights, but but he wants that phone. But my daughter has really committed to not letting him have any screens at all until yeah. he's at least two years old. That's impressive. That's it's hard. hard. Work. That's it's hard. hard. Work. Yeah. And she's gotten a lot of kind of a lot of, uh, flack for it she's Mm -hmm. been ridiculed for it like what are you what are you trying to do right but she knows my feelings on the subject (laughs) and she has done her own research and um 
and we know that it can be very detrimental for young young babies and those minds and so you know zero screen time until age two and then after age two it's really only you know not those interactive kinds of things but maybe some tv or maybe like a video a cartoon video or something like that that they're saying you know no more than maybe a half an hour and then the maximum went up until like 13 is they're saying two hours a day uh, so if you compare that to what we're seeing, mm-hmm. the five, to, the seven five hours. to seven hours, you know, that for a lot of kids, that's you're cutting way, way back. Yeah. And so the, the best way uh, is to, you know, begin with the end in mind and realize mm-hmm. that, that you've got to put these limits in place. But for a lot of us, that boat has sailed yeah, and, exactly. and kids are already using uh, that technology mm-hmm. and they're all already kind of doing it according to their own mm-hmm. terms. And so uh, maybe let's talk a minute about yeah. what parents can do because you can't go, you can't rewind the clock For and sure. say, <laughs> you know, no, you can't have this anymore. It's not, that's not really feasible, but we can do a f- There are a few things that we've found can be beneficial to kids when they're on their devices. Totally. And to be clear, we don't want any of you beating yourselves up, right? We're, we're all no, we're doing the best we're, we can. Exactly. And I love what you say. <laughs> we start with where we're at. You can't rewind things, but yes. wherever you're right now with your family, one of the first most critical steps is acknowledging that this can be an issue, right? right. You know, so many of us, you know, just kind of go are barely making it through our day by day, and we're, right. but setting goals in place and kind of working towards stuff. And and I think first and foremost, modeling good screen behavior mm-hmm. as parents, and that's tricky. You know, I'm I'm I have my four year old and ten month old, and I've been my wife is much better than I am. I'll be clear on that. But trying to decrease you know how often i'm just sitting with my boys playing with them and i have that urge to pull my phone out to see what the notification is and that kind of stuff minimizing that trying to be smart trying to be present with my kids Mm -hmm. and it's exhausting it is it (laughs) It takes a lot more work it does it does but but trying to model that because my boys know i like my phone they know i like video games and these kind of things but but modeling what my priorities are you know that they are that my wife is and and just being present so and again we all have our varying places we're coming in at and and just trying to improve trying they to be watch better. every little thing we do mm-hmm, they they mm-hmm. really do so um so that's so important and it's hard yeah it is like we recognize <laughs> that it's hard it's even hard for us uh so um another thing that you can do is monitor just monitor know what your kids are doing online um i found out the hard way uh with my own child that there are some very scary things online and uh my husband's a tech guy and i'm pretty tech savvy and we thought we had things under control and yet my child got on and was doing a lot of really like frightening scary things and so we you know that's one of the reasons my passions are so high towards this topic is because i really Mm -hmm. feel like you know, if it could happen to me, uh, who's a school counselor and who is pretty tech savvy and thought we had locked things down, uh, if that can happen to me, it can happen to pretty much everyone. Yeah. And so it's really important to know what your kids are doing and, and set up a guideline for them uh, that you will know their passwords mm-hmm. and you will be able to get their phone whenever they you ask for it. And you'll be able to look at anything on there uh, so that they can be accountable for what they're doing online. If they know that no one's ever going to see what they're doing, then they're much more likely to go out and uh, risk those uh you know, temptations or, you know, those, Mm -hmm. those things that their minds are naturally curious about. Mm -hmm. They're going to follow those paths that have been led out by, uh, 
by predators. Yeah, yeah. And so you have to be able to uh, to watch what they're doing and to correct mm-hmm. them if they veer off the path that you want them on. If there's something where they're getting into that's a little risky or a little sketchy, you know, you've got to know that so that you can teach them that that's not what you do and and kind of pull them back in a little bit so that's really critical and there's lots of apps you can use Uh, there's lots of parental controls those are getting a a little bit better a little Mm -hmm. bit stronger Um, not that I'm you know endorsing anything in particular but for us the Disney circle is what we found that really worked the best and I don't even know yeah yeah that's a device you you attach to your modem at home and then you have uh, all the controls on your phone so I you know I could shut down the internet completely if I wanted to or I could limit uh, to certain apps I can limit the time I can limit a lot of things so you know it is a it's a you know, a little pricier. There is a, a subscription fee, free fee, but then there are also a lot of free apps mm-hmm. that you can do, or apps that are already built into the phones yeah. that you can use as well. Yeah, I know. With um, I, I'm a gamer myself, but I know with my Switch and PS4, you could set parental controls on those. Mm-hmm. You can limit the amount of time that student, you know, that your children could use that. And of course, there's always workarounds and things like that. And one of the big things is having those open lines of communication with your yes. kids. Yes. And, and and that is tricky, right? Because some of the stuff they'll be embarrassed about, they'll be ashamed of, but, and as much as possible, being loving and non-judgmental so that mm-hmm. they will come talk to you when they have questions about things. Uh, I One of the things I recently came from Dixie High School, I've been a counselor for with high school students for four years, and have these discussions now, I'll tell you that. I would work with high school parents that felt powerless taking their kids' phones away. Mm-hmm. It's much easier with a sixth or seventh grader to have those those discussions, those battles, if you want to frame it that way, now than down the road, five, six years down the road. And in it, and you're saving, you know, yourself and them, you know, possible negative consequences. You know, right. having having those discussions right now and in use there's so many great tools i mean you could just google and and i i've never heard of the disney circle that sounds yeah. awesome but there's a lot of different you know resources available that way so one of the patterns we see here at the intermediate school is a lot of our sixth graders come in of course they're 11 12 years old without any device mm-hmm. they don't have a device but then uh it's usually around christmas time mm-hmm. of course of like the seventh grade year Um, or even sixth grade year, that's when a lot of the kids will get a device. Parents are thinking, okay, they're 12, 13 years old now. We're going to get them a device. And so that's a perfect time to set those boundaries and set the expectations of what is expected and what uh, will be allowed and to have a check-in on, you know, every night that you're going to turn in your phone before bed every night or you're going to uh, have an open password that you can, you know, do phone checks Mm -hmm. and, and ask them for those things. If you set those parameters up going forward, it's a lot easier to keep at it than, like Jared says, trying to to set those boundaries in place after years of mm-hmm. not being uh, really monitored. Yeah. So that's that's one of the things I had to do with my kid. And I'll, let me tell you, it's hard. It is very hard to do that, but it is possible. Yeah. Can, uh, can I share one uh, one great example of a student here at Lava Ridge? I, I was at lunch, just walking around visiting with kids, and often they're on their devices, you know, playing sure. games. And one little girl was like, Mr. LD, I'm a Minecraft master. And she was all excited to show me. And she's like, oh. 
I already used up my minutes for the day. It won't let me get in there. And I was like, that's awesome. I, that I'm awesome. glad that you have that on there. How many minutes are you allowed to play Minecraft? And she said like 10 minutes. And I was like, well, good for your parents. <laughs> and, I, and I asked her friends around her, you know, if they had restrictions. And some of them said, yeah. Some were like, I don't have a phone yet. And yeah, I was like, well, yeah. good. That's, I'm glad to see that I you have those things. I think we're seeing more and more of that because I think people are starting to realize how really important this mm-hmm. is and how mm-hmm. detrimental it can be if it goes unmonitored, yeah, right? Totally, totally. Um, so one of the things I did, I mentioned that I, we had to set those boundaries with my uh, 17-year-old. It was difficult, but we um, did a we did a home contract, right? And so we we sat down and and we knew that this had to happen. My my child knew that this had to happen, and so we sat down and we we agreed upon the expectations, and we agreed what would happen. Uh, like we agreed on the limitations, we agreed on the consequences, Mm -hmm. we agreed on the rewards, like maybe he could earn some more time if he stuck to the expectations. And so that is one thing that parents can do now, I think, no matter where they are Mm -hmm. in this stage, is just be like, have that open, honest conversation, like Mm -hmm. you mentioned, and say, I'm concerned about how much you're using technology and some of the things I've been seeing you go through. And so let's sit down and decide what you can live with and what I can live with and let's try to work this out when kids do that when they buy into the plan and they can contribute to the plan uh it works so much better because then they feel good about the limits that are being put on them they know why the limits are being put on them that it's for their safety and because you love them and because you want to see them have that balance in Mm -hmm. their lives uh that you're doing this and then uh, especially if they can help you craft consequences, you know, and, and if you're in a, if you're in a good place, you're not doing it in anger, you're sitting down and, and doing it rationally, they will tell you what they don't want to have happen. Yeah. You know, what would be something that would keep you from breaking these rules? Mm-hmm. They'll tell you, and then, then they'll work even harder to avoid those consequences. So. That sounds so powerful and such a great way to like start that conversation. Right. And, and that's, for many of us, you know, when you're describing that, I'm like, oh, that kind of feels awkward. But what's it more awkward. awkward, right? You know, <laughs> I, I often tell my students some of the best things that come in life start in those awkward places, right? But having this conversation with your kid, again, like Tanya said, she had great success with that. And it probably started off a little awkward, right? But, oh, yeah, but it was super awkward. Ended up being a helpful, good thing for Yeah, everybody. very much so. Um, all of those things that we talked about earlier, uh, those dangers, you know, I think because we had that contract in place, my child knew that it was for for his own safety, mm-hmm. that that mm-hmm. was what we needed to do. And uh, yeah, his internet use has been so much, he's been able to monitor himself a lot more. Yeah, that's amazing. Which is what you want. You want your kids to know that, that these dangers exist and there's a reason to have the boundaries. And then if they can self-monitor and they can set their own boundaries, then they become the kind of adults that are really going to... Uh, be healthy internet For sure. users, right? Or, or technology users, because it's, it might be worth noting, Jared uh, mentioned earlier that, you know, his switch and his Xbox mm-hmm. and stuff, uh, that he has parental PS4, controls. PS4, clear. yes, <laughs> sorry, no, I <laughs> didn't mean to insult you or anything. Um, so those devices, I don't know if every parent knows that, but those devices access the internet mm-hmm. and they, they can be used uh, as social platforms to reach out to other parents or to reach out to other players mm-hmm, and reach out mm-hmm. to other uh, friends. And so a lot of times those will be used for uh, 
pre, you know predators will use those formats as well. Yeah. So so just just educate yourself. I mean, I think this is one of those things where if you are going to give a child a device of any kind, just make sure you know what it's used for. Mm-hmm. Make sure that you know what the dangers are so that you can prepare for them and uh, set those limitations, set those boundaries in place. And then, you know, it'll be a great experience because then you'll be able to have that balance that you were talking about yeah. earlier. And all those positive things that we all love technology for, that becomes the focal point, right? That we have those good things. Like the bonding with friends, the bonding with family, the, oh, yeah. the good, the great good stuff about it because you've had these conversations about the negative side effects, the the negative things that they could access. Or like we said, the on the, you know, probably more far reaching, but not as severe, the lack of sleep, the just needing that, the the never being bored, you know, right. those, those kind of light things I put in quote. Which is probably what we experience more here yeah. at this level, you know, for the sure, things I'm talking, sure. the things that affected my family came later, like mm-hmm. in high school. And I know there are a lot of families that deal with that, but we have the whole spectrum, right? Yeah. So just knowing what the possibilities might be and, and taking those steps, I think, is huge. Yeah, I think it's huge. So, if you're listening to this podcast and and you're interested in this topic, then we know you're already one of those parents mm-hmm, that is mm-hmm. very conscientious and is probably, you know, doing whatever you can to keep your kids safe. And we want you to know that we we are keeping your kids safe too. We want your kids to be safe. You know, we don't want to have kids in our office that are that are dealing with uh, the hard, the hard, horrible things that happen on the internet. You know, that's, that's not what we want any child to have to go through. No and question. so, so we just want to be a team. We want to work with you. Uh, we want to, you know, be a resource for you. If you ever have questions, if you're ever wondering, you know, what's appropriate or what's not appropriate or, or, you know, what you can do or say, if you need help setting up a home contract, for example, like we can help with those things. Uh, we do have some resources on our website uh, that you can access. I think I have a link for some examples of home contracts and uh, and then of course there's some parenting uh, classes or tips or things on there some of which will focus on technology but what's our website uh, counseling.loveridge.net yep and you could get there from the main Loveridge site as well yeah for sure counseling so we want you to connect with that site uh, as often as you can we try to keep it updated and we try to keep as many resources as we can on there um <clears throat> excuse me this this has been a little bit longer podcast mm-hmm. than we normally have but i think it's because we we wanted to share some of these important uh points with you and so we thank you for taking the time we thank you for listening to us and as always you know if you want to comment or you want to leave us some feedback you can come to our blog at counseling.loverage.net uh, and please subscribe and share uh, because we want to get this out to all of our parents and and we want to make sure that everybody out there uh, listening uh, is getting what they need from us. Yes, so yes. Uh, please do that. You can do that at Apple, uh, Google, Amazon, all the major platforms. We're excited about it. So yeah, share share the podcast. We want, we want as many people benefiting from this, and we want to hear from you too. Like if there is one aspect of this you want us would like us to do a deeper dive into down sure. the road, we we're open to those ideas for sure, for sure. All right. Well, thank you guys. Thanks for joining us. We are very excited to um, keep going with the podcast. I think next week will or ne- our next uh, podcast will be about our lessons again. We're going to give you another little preview of what we're going to be teaching in uh, November. And so we thank you for listening. Yeah. Thank you so much.